Welcome back to Holiness Talks. Our episode this month focuses on the book of James. So we'll be looking at the book of James very briefly. Before we get into the topic itself, a few words about James. Without any doubt, James has suffered quite a lot of neglect. I mean, partly due to Martin Luther's idea that it was an epistle of straw because according to him it focused on faith, on works instead of faith. But thank God that at least we now have James in the canon. But that doesn't altogether solve the problem of James. Not much is said about James today. The book is generally neglected. And yet as part of the canon, the book is very significant in terms of its message. So as part of the Christian canon, James's advice is very significant and is written to the 12 tribes who are in the diaspora dispersed abroad. The book has a lot to say, quite a lot indeed, about the subject of holiness. And C.L. Mitten really says it very well when he says the letter is largely a series of exhortations to true Christian holiness of life, that is, to perfect love towards God and man. He continues that James saw very clearly that a true Christian once converted must set himself the goal of true holiness. And that's very important. As we look at the book of James, one word that keeps on coming back and which is significant for James is the issue of perfection. I'm sure that just the mention of the word perfection either raises eyebrows or makes some people to cringe. We are familiar with the bump-up sticker, which says Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. Well, I think it's good to read James and see what James is talking about. Because James is calling for faith in action, a message that is important for the world in we live today. As I mentioned earlier, the letter had a long history of struggle in gaining acceptance by the entire Christian tradition. Yet today we have this book with us. The attitude toward the letter has changed, is shifted lightly from a position of controversy to that of irrelevancy. But let's look at James and see what he has to say. Right in James chapter 1 verse 4. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Look at James chapter 1 verse 17. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. In chapter 2 verse 25, but one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, 
and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Look at chapter 2 of James again. In chapter 2 of James, and look at what James has got to say in the last verses of James chapter 2. It talks about, in James chapter 2, verse 25, in the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by the works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. And in James chapter 3, in James chapter 3, reading it in verse 3, now if we put beats in the horse, sorry, James chapter 3, in verse 2, for we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle his own tongue. So you see the word perfect over and over in 2.22, 2.22. Let's go back to 2.22 and see what James says. You see that faith was walking with his work. And as a result of the works, faith was perfected. The word perfect, as you have seen, is very important. Perfect and complete. Perfection as wholeness. Again, let me quote Meaton. Writing on James chapter 1 verse 4, it says the word perfect, teleios, is a favorite one with James. Besides its repeated use in the verse, it occurs also in 117, 125, 222, and 3.2. Here James urges that his readers will set before them the goal of becoming perfect and complete, lacking nothing. He continues, There is no escaping, however disconcerting it may be. This lofty, uncompromising summons sounded here as well as elsewhere in the New Testament to what has come to be called Christian perfection as God's purpose for his Christian people. Think about that. God's purpose for us as his people, redeemed and washed by the blood of the Lamb, is not for us to be imperfect. That's not God's goal. That's not God's desire. Rather, God's goal is that we as his people be perfect, complete. And in James chapter 1 verse 4, James emphasizes this call to perfection by adding the word complete, the word holocleros, and the phrase lacking in nothing. So perfect has reached full development. Complete means having no unfinished part. But then when you look at what that means, we begin to look at James. Let's look at James chapter 1, verse 8. <clears throat> James chapter 1, in verse 8. I read, let me go back to 7. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded, unstable in his way. 
that tells you something immediately that when you talk about perfect in James is about wholeness in fact only God accomplishes this purpose of wholeness and completeness in us he calls us the first fruit of his creatures and of course that's in 118 I talked about God's perfect gift in 117 and we've been told in 15 that if anything should be lacking God is the one who will provide whatever is lacking to us when we ask him so the gift of God enables us to conform to the original constitution of God's people we see a problem in James there in verse chapter 1 verse 8 James talks about being double-minded the Greek word is dipsukos literally two-souled that is somebody who has two souls this is almost equivalent to the fleshly person the psychicals and psychinos in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 where people are living according to human principles rather than God's desired end and James is telling us the perfection he's talking about is total commitment and dedication to God rather than for us to be pulled by the mind of the flesh were completely yielded to God we remember the psalmist prayed give me an undivided heart that's what holiness implies in James the result of double-mindedness is instability the person will be fickle staggering walking and really like a drunken person and what is the remedy for that the remedy for that is heart purity which you'll find in James chapter 4 verse 8 so when we talk about perfection of James what are we talking about perfection in James we're talking about a way of being in the world perfection as a way of being in the world that shouldn't be strange to us spirituality has been defined as a way of being in the world by Ernest Coase and Catherine Ketchum spirituality a way of being in the world so what do we see James's spirituality shows a faith that informs the way we live that the way we live should be informed by our faith in other words there must be no chasm there must be no gap between what we profess to believe and what we practice our lives should reflect our, our words our, our creeds and it's very very important for James James does not present to us a well-rounded and systematic treatment of the content of Christian faith in the way Paul does however that's not to suggest that James's message is less important than Paul the implication of the faith of James James faith call it, it called the believer to action at every age of the Christian church so James is calling you and myself to action so what do we see when we look at perfection 
in James number one. Perfection as wholeness. We've seen that in chapter one, verse four. Perfection as wholeness to make sure that we're following the Lord with undivided hearts. Undivided hearts. Now, according to James, we are part of the reconstituted people of God. We are part of the reconstituted people of God. The community to whom James wrote were the people of God. And this community is the reconstituted people of God that conforms to the image that God desires for God's people from the beginning. Listen, God is reconstituting his own people to conform to the image that God had designed for his people from the beginning. And bear in mind, with any gift comes responsibility. Now that we are part of God's reconstituted people, we we need to live lives that remain true to wholeness and integrity. Our lives must reflect our faith. You see, today, as in every age that has gone, Christians are challenged to ensure that they do not just give lip service to their faith. In other words, you and I should not just give lip service to our faith. Our way of being in the world must illustrate our faith. And that's why James uses the gift of speech to illustrate the perfect person. And he says, anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect. So the concept there is integrity. Integrity. Those who always tell the truth are those who harmonize thought and speech. They conform to the way God has created them by using speech to bless God and one another. When you look at James and ask about perfection, what does it mean? Perfection demands a wholehearted dedication to God. A wholehearted dedication to God. We said perfection as wholeness, now a dedication to God. Look at James chapter 4. In James chapter 4 verse 4, You adulteresses, do you not know? The friendship with the world is enmity with God. Do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? You need to bear that in mind. Holiness implies, or perfection in James, implies a wholehearted dedication to God. You see, the call to be the friends of God is at the very heart of James's teaching. Faith calls for total dependence on God. So the concept, the whole idea of perfection expresses this life of total dependence of God. Whereas the image of the divided person, of the two-souled person, expresses right the opposite. Perfection as complete dedication to God. And when we talk about perfection in James, what else do we look at? Well, perfection helps us to understand what integrity means. 
The notion of integrity expresses well the concept of perfection. Why? Because integrity demands consistency in word and action. In word and action. And the perfection, the integrity that James is demanding is both personal and communal, or if you wish, communitarian. The values that influence the lives of both the individual and the community are distinct from the values of the world. So we need to check our values. What are our values? And what are the things that drive our values? What are my values? What are your values? As a matter of fact, as believers, we should be signs to the world, we should be a sign to the world of the consistency between our faith and our action. This is the hallmark of James's message. James gives a very positive assessment of works, not of the works of the law. That's where people make the mistake. In the sense that Paul attacks. No, James is not talking about the works of the law. You see, James's focus on works centers on deeds of mercy that entail a constant concern for the vulnerable, for the powerless, for the poor, for the needs and welfare of others, be it orphans and widows, the poor or those who are discriminated against. Perfection as integrity. Christian integrity demands a social conscience and response. And James envisages that his readers, including you and myself today reading James, demonstrate that we are people of integrity in several ways. What does holiness entail? The people of integrity, what does it entail? Number one, it means sensitivity to the suffering of others. Sensitivity to the pain of others. You know, a situation where the pain of the community becomes the individual's pain. We're sensitive to the pain of others. In James chapter 1 verse 2, he said, my brothers, count it, he said, count it joy whenever you face trials of any kind. When people suffer, we suffer with them. Elsa Thomas, in her book on James, The Scandalous Message of James, says, The experience of feeling perfect, teleios, which in James means complete, total, integral, should remind those who suffer that they are human beings, not things. A common humanity is evidence in the pain that unites us. We're talking about holiness that is practical. Faith that reveals itself in works. What does integrity mean? We've alluded to it, but let's say it very clearly. Integrity means a consistency between faith and action. James talks about pure religion and undefiled before God. And he says, pure religion, undefiled before God, is to care for orphans, and windows in their distress, and to keep one unstained, uns unspotted by the world. So faith inspires a dedication 
to keep the cause, to help the cause of those whom against the society discriminates. In other words, holy people are mindful of the other, the other in quote, the other that doesn't talk like you, the other that doesn't talk like me, the other that doesn't look like me, the other that is not as privileged as I am, the other. And our world is filled with others. The poor is the other, the minority, the others. Faith inspires a dedication to help the cause of those who are discriminated against, maybe on the basis of gender, on the basis of color, on the basis of whatever. Social status. The communities of believers must replace the unjust system of the world with a system that brings consistency to believe and practice. James says it clearly in chapter 2, verses 14 to 17. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If your brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs. What is the good of faith? Faith comes with social consciousness and responsibility. Don't forget the parable of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. integrity that challenges both the individual and the community. Integrity. You see, holiness or perfection talks about authentic Christian existence that embraces concern for the poor. We've mentioned that. Holiness in James has a lot to teach us. James teaches us about temptation. James 1, 14 to 15 talks about temptation and it says, But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin and when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Well, it is to be questioned whether evil desire is the best translation of epithumias because epithumias could mean strong desire of any kind. It, which means each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. Desire when it has conceived birth gives us sin, and sin when it is full grown brings forth death. What are we talking about? Desire itself is not sin. It may arise from human instincts and needs. The temptations of the pure heart, of the pure in heart, come through avenues of desires that are natural and legitimate. It is when our individual, when our individual wills yield to the desire at the expense of obedience to God's known will that the desire gives birth to sin. Perfection in James tells us, holiness in James means that we yield ourselves constantly, we yield our desire to God's desire. Whatever God desires is what we desire. James 
is a message of perfection. It says we should purify their hearts in James chapter James chapter 4 verses 5 to 8. This episode simply accentuates the fact that God is reconstituting his people into a holy people and God wants his people to be perfect and complete lacking nothing which means it affects every area of our lives integrity is at the forefront of holiness so when we talk about perfection to be all that God intends us to be that is the essence of holiness to be what God intends us to be that's what holiness in James is all about remember God's goal for his people is not imperfection but perfection I'm sure people understand that word perfection in different ways we're not talking about Adamic perfection we're not talking about sinless perfection as it was as it was but we're talking about a perfection Christian perfection perfection in love now I hope somebody doesn't understand me when I say sinless perfection to mean that we keep on sinning that's not exactly what it means we don't continue sinning and but we are not at a stage that we can say I can never sin again you can I can but I don't have to and you don't have to because God's purpose is that you and I as his people live our lives in integrity of life and holiness thank you dear Lord for this episode we just pray simply Lord that you make us like you every day of our lives in Jesus name Amen thank you again and God bless you